podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Naku Show on ESPN. Good to have you with us, gang. Shane Vereen in the house. How about that Super Bowl winner? Turn broadcaster extraordinaire. Going to get into so much with him. Obviously, we'll talk a bit of Brady and the Patriots get his hot picks for the season. Inevitably, we're going to talk about his prowess on the fairways. Keen golfer. Loves his football as well. You know, quite frankly, with Shane Vereen, it could go in 20 different directions. Uh, it's going to be a fun hour, a rock and roll hour. So we will get straight down to business with the brilliant Shane Vereen. We have NFL royalty in the house entering ESPN UK territory, a Super Bowl winner. And we were throwing this one out there, Shane Marie, throwing it out there across our social media channels, teasing clues. Tom, Andy, Marley and the crew over on social media, teasing clues about the Super Bowl winner we're having on this week's show. And a few people got it. A few people oh, yeah. got it. They got Shane Marie. Although I think we tipped our hat because... On last week's show, I think we said on the show, Shane <laughs> joining us next week. He's kind of destroyed the whole mystique. But good to see you, man. Hey, everything's like- going good, man. Just enjoying my summer out here. Uh, yeah, getting some golf rounds in. Not really getting much better, but it's getting a little bit better. The last tournament I was in, my group, my foursome, we actually won. So oh, that's amazing. a good sign. Yeah, things are going in the right direction. How things did that victory right. compare to your Super Bowl win? <laughs> oh, it wasn't even, it's not even close. This golf victory meant way more than any I, Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I spoke to you, had you, did you admit on national radio that you, was it drunk golf? Would, can we use that? <laughs> I'll go over golf, drunk golf. So yeah. Well, it's both. I mean, it's it's been both this last week. I had, I had two tournaments in four days and the other two days I was playing with, with some friends and, uh, and a wedding in between. So, um, I've been busy the last few, this sounds last week. Like, sounds, yeah. like, sounds like a, it's a full calendar, which is good. To, it's great to see after the year we've all had. It is yeah. great that we're able to get out there a bit more. So golf is is something that I, I well, firstly, I knew the over under, I think, on you bringing up golf was 47 seconds. So those of you, <laughs> those of you on the right side of that, like, congratulations. It's something that it's, it's interesting me because I guess when you are playing at the highest level as a professional athlete, uh as you were and really you got to look at the chronology that goes back to i guess what six seven years old you were a, a you know a, a sports star through peewee through high school through college to the pros so when that when that finishes and, and it always finishes abruptly whether you know however far you've got it suddenly not there anymore was that something that you have been conscious of to, to keep that competitive edge going and to try and do you, do you use golf for that? Or is it the opposite? Is it just a complete escape and a relaxation? Where does it sit? You know, it, it, most things start um, as ways for me to get out of the house and, and just stay busy. Mm. Um, and then once I start getting the hang of something, whether it's golf or uh, I've gotten into skiing these last uh, last couple of winters, no matter what it is, I, I, I'm all of a sudden I want to be good at it. Right. And it's kind of annoying because it does take some of the uh, some of the fun out of it at times when I just get really frustrated or really upset at <laughs> myself. Right. Um, you know, even if I go down to the gym and do uh, pick up basketball on Wednesdays and Sundays, you know, no there's 
I got, I, I mean, because winning's fun, right? right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that competitive nature is always going to be there for me. Uh, it's, I mean, that I, I was raised in it in my, in my household. Like we had a pool table and a ping pong table and those games got out of hand. Video games got out of hand with me and my brother. <laughs> You know, so we could we could pretty much turn anything we wanted to into a game. And that's what we did. And I guess that's kind of just ingrained in me now. What was young Shane like playing Monopoly? We, if you lost, you flip that, <laughs> the board get flipped over. <laughs> that was no, that would, that would be probably my, my little brother. He was he, he uh, because I would egg him on and I would yeah. get under I would get under his skin because that's right. what good older brothers do. Right. Right. Uh, uh, it's always the youngest. <laughs> I'm, I'm the youngest of four. It's always us that gets <laughs> And my youngest is the same, actually. Yeah, that, and it makes a lot of sense there. Everyone else winding up, needling and st- stirring up the pot. It's interesting what you say about the competitive nature, because uh, as I'm often uh, reminding, probably boring our, 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 our faithful listeners uh, uh, on, I play a lot of five-a-side football. And where are we now? Wednesday. So eight days ago, Shane, we won. And I'm sure this this news might have filtered across the pond. I'm pretty sure it would have done. It might have been on Sports Center. I don't know. Uh, we won the uh, Kentish Town Go Mammoth uh, Five Aside League title. Uh, wow, um, where's that? Four time. So Kentish Town is uh, is a district in London. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, this okay. is big. This is high level Five Aside. I mean, you're talking you're talking serious <laughs> level. So we won that eight days ago, and it was it was a big victory for us, Shane, because we're we're a team of vets, right? Uh, you're yeah. You can relate to. You know. We're we're on you know the wrong side of thirty. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> there was a team in this league, so you play the league system, right? And, okay. Uh, and when it comes out in the wash, there's essentially a playoff mechanic, right? For the it's a very similar. And there was a team that we only lost two games during the regular season to this Ooh. team of I'd say twenty average age twenty three. Okay. And this is five aside football, right? So maybe you rock up with six players some weeks. You know, this these guys average age twenty three. Every week had 10 players. <laughs> they were all good. <laughs> Us against them in the final. And they're warming up. And we're warming up. And I noticed that they've got a different player, goalkeeper, who is the captain of a different team, a different team in the league, Shane. And I said, Oh, no, they did it. Yeah, they did. And I said to their captain, That's an interesting word. Is that a new signing? Have you had what's going on here? <laughs> Surely he's not going to play for you. Just warming up with it. He said, no, no, he's going to play for us. We're a bit short-handed. And I said, you're a bit short-handed. You've got the same number of players as us. We, you got yeah. six players. We got six players. And he looked at me, Shane, and he said, just call it a competitive edge. And he winked at me <laughs> and he walked off. And that was it. And that was it. And we, we took him down. We took him down in the final. That's all we needed. That motivation. I was going to say that that's, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what got your, your blood boiling was we cheap. were, we were fired up. So, so that was eight days ago. And I think about that. I'd be thinking about it all the time, 15, 20 times a day, thinking about that victory. So <laughs> what about you? A Super Bowl win, which I admit is, you know, marginally more impressive than than, than our go man with the five inside, but only only a little bit. Only a little bit. A Super Bowl win all these years later. How often do you think about it? Do you think about it every day? Does it cross your mind every day? You know, I wouldn't say every day, no. Um, but I mean, I, I I do think about it. But you know what's funny is what what stands out more to me are like the big losses that I had in my life. Really? Yeah, like um I probably think about um in high school, my senior year of high school, uh, we were playing our crosstown rivals and the winner went to the playoffs. It was a bad year for both teams, but 
the winner went to the playoff and the loser, you know, uh, that, that was the end of their season. Mm. And this is against our crosstown rivals. I grew up with a lot of the kids that were on the other team and, and our, the games between us were always extremely heated and, and close, always came down to the wire. Um, and a as lot of did, talk about as well, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This the whole game, the whole game is just trash talk. <laughs> uh, and so this one came down to the wire and, we ended up losing. It was, it was a crazy finish. So we were down seven. Uh, I scored a touchdown with like a minute and a half to go in the game. And we decided to go for two instead mm. of kick the field goal. We go for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, so we run a play that we never ran. We, it, it, my coach just put that play in um, dur- during the time in between the, the touchdown and the, uh, and the extra point call the timeout. We talked about a play. I get the handoff. I'm running towards the sideline. I get hit, but I'm able to dive over the top and reach the ball into the end zone. Right. Mm. Our stands are going crazy. Yeah. Everyone's losing their minds. It's like pandemonium. There's Animal a minute. Burst. Yes. There's a minute and 12 left. And this team on fourth and 20. Now it's fourth and 20 with 46 seconds left. I still remember the exact time. Like <laughs> that's how wow. four, fourth and 20. They throw one deep down the sideline. It goes our uh, the other corner playing opposite of me goes up to intercept it and it goes straight through his hands. Their receiver catches it. Three plays later, they score a touchdown and they win the game. And wow, I, I think about that game uh, just because <laughs> that's always been such a motivating factor for me because it was my last year in high school. It's right before college. Um and I use that motivation, like I'm never gonna let this happen to my team again. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, yeah. that, you know, I still think about that, I think, a little bit more uh, than the Super Bowl, which is which is wild. But that's just it's, it's that's been such a motivating factor for me. But, you know, it makes a lot of sense, I guess, in so many ways, because all of us, you know, those those years, I mean, I, I found I look back at school years now and you think that particularly, you know, from the ages of, say, 13 to 18, those five years, the teenage years. Right. Yeah. They felt like forever. It felt like so much happened in the. <laughs> I know, yeah. So quickly now, do you think five years ago? But, but that, you know, for, for obvious reasons, that's such seminal moments. So it makes a lot of sense that that game meant obviously meant so much to you then, but meant so much to you now because it was a big, big part of your life. But I love the fact you think about that as much <laughs> more than the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah, but the good thing is I do have reminders in my office. I have a Super Bowl trophy. I have some memorabilia downstairs, some Patriots yeah. helmets. So I have friendly reminders around the house. But I would be lying if I said that I didn't think about uh, about that high school football game. Uh, that we ended up losing. Do you still see any of the anyone from back in the day? And does it get brought up? Do you see anyone from the team that beat? You? Oh yeah, oh of course. It's one of the first things that they bring up. <laughs> they they all they always agree. Hey Shane, you know, and we're usually sitting around having some beers or, or some drinks, and uh, somebody will just say, you know, winning a Super Bowl is cool, but you remember in high school. Uh, when, we, <laughs> yeah. when we beat you guys, far more important, of course. Yeah. I just have to walk, I walk out of the room and just let them talk. Just, about yeah. it. I'll be back. In, how long are going to be about five, six minutes? You can <laughs> knock yourself out. I've just had an idea. Uh, you could, uh, I'll, I'll throw this out there. I mean, I've just been talking about us vets, um, still going strong after, after all these years. Why don't you get, why don't you put on a rematch? Why don't you get, get those teams together? And, That's and such re- a great idea. Play the game. Well, if I wasn't worried about my hamstring snapping clear off my bone, (laughs) then (laughs) that's a minor drawback, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, I was. I actually would love to. There's actually a couple of my friends out here in Colorado now, where we live. um, They're in a uh, flag football league Mm. um, that they do during the fall, 
And uh, one of the guys that I golf with, he's the quarterback, and he's been asking me to come out and join the team and stuff. But do it. I don't. I don't know. That's a commitment. And talk about competition. I can play a friendly game of pickup, but yeah, if it's football, I'm gonna. Ha- I gotta. I'm gonna have to go hard. You yeah, know? and then <laughs> just, and then I go and get hurt in a flag level. football game. <laughs> <laughs> just take out some poor guy in a flag football game. I love it. Yeah, that happened. I saw that actually. That happened because I know you love your 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 other football as well. You love your, your soccer. We'll talk about this. We'll have some Euros chat. But it happened. Uh, my team, West Ham, uh, legendary West Ham player called Bobby Zamora, who's retired now. Bob, Bobby Z, but uh, played for Spurs as well, Brighton as well during his career. Okay. Great player and. Um, uh, there was some footage that was released the other day that he rocked up to his mate's five-a-side, five-a-side game uh, and uh, just played. Uh, the, actually, and who was it? Um, I want to say Kaka, I think, like a legend like that. Yeah. Rocks up at a, if you saw that, like rocked up at a six-a-side game in London, just documentary crew following around, just turn up and just started playing. And, oh, that's uh, cool. Uh, so really, I mean, what a, what a feeling that must be! Just you know, ten o'clock on a Sunday morning, and it's your regular game, and yeah, <laughs> Neymar yeah. rocks up. I mean, Dave mean, <laughs> Marine rocks up to your flag football game. I love that. Um, are you watching much of the Euros? I am. I am. I caught a. Uh, I caught the glorious England win yesterday. Yeah, that was very go. impressive. Very impressive. We're gonna, I, win I the whole, we're gonna win the whole thing. Shay, were your favorites? Shane Marine's favorites for the tournament? It's between. Uh, yeah, I would have to say so. Because because Mbappe is probably my favorite player right now, right? Who is in the tournament? And since France got knocked out, you know, I guess I do like because I, I like Raheem Sterling, um, I like Harry Kane, um, you know, and then um, uh, which McCall who came off yesterday? Uh, Grealish, Jack Grealish. Yes, yes. Um, so there, there's players because because I do watch a lot of Premier League, so there's more players I feel like on England's team in the Premier League than I also like Spain though too. I do. I, think I, I do. They're like being underestimated. Spain, I think. I think they're because uh, they're yeah. obviously very different from the 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 Spain teams we've seen over the last twenty years, anyway. But I think as, uh, they're going under the radar for sure. You know, back to Mbappe. What's what's interesting about that? And everyone goes on about the penalty miss and the laying on Mbappe. What about uh, some props for Jan Sommer? What a save that was! I'm speaking as a keeper here, but what a save? That it was unbelievable because it wasn't like Mbappe struck that ball hard. Power. Power. Yeah, there was power behind it. And like I've always been, I've always thought when I whenever I watch PKs uh, or yeah, whenever I watch them, I'm always like, is this like the most nerve wracking kick for for the person trying to score? Or is it more nerve wracking for the goalie who's trying to stop it? Like because it's not far from the goal, yes. but like you see so many times that players will like miss it wide or yes. kick it high. And I'm like, you're right there. Just kick the ball straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you it's know? Definitely, definitely the player taking it. 100 percent is the player taking it. All the pressure's on them. You know, if, if you yeah. don't say that you're not expected to. So if you save it, amazing. It's yeah. a kind of 50 50 crapshoot really you got to commit what as a keeper one way or the other you try and kind of read it but they, you got to go you got to go mm-hmm. and but you know we saw that a bit in the england game with um not obviously in a penalty situation but with pickford when muller missed that chance and what pickford yeah. did really well was stand up and just get in his head he was you know yeah. so the, the more you can do that and just just put the pressure back on back yeah. on the player that's striking it then then you're doing your job and that's i guess it, the penalties and, and but summer were underrated underrated save there that day i mean it's, it could go anyway right any of any team yeah, mm-hmm. could credibly go all the way with it and that's what i think is the most exciting thing there's no like clear cut lead for me right now um, right. as far as which team you know um there's teams i would want to see win just because i would want to see a, a cool a good championship matchup mm. um but 
there's really, I mean, there's really no clear cut uh, lead uh, leading team right now for me. Other than England, who are definitely going to win. Of course, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> who is your, remind me, who's, who is your, have you got, you got a Premier League team? I want to yeah. say, Ful- was it Fulham? Am I no, right? no. Oh, come on. Oh, my, hang on, Man United. Oh, Liverpool. L- Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Yeah, Liverpool. So yeah, where are you, where are you in Liverpool at the moment? You know, yeah. it, it was, it, it was clearly a disappointing year. I mean, when, when you have the success, Champions League and then Premier League and, and Salah had all those goals and mm. I mean, just came off of two incredible seasons and then to play like that last year, I, I was just more impressed the fact that they were able to kind of grab control of the reins and get back into get back into fourth place mm. um, by the by the end of the season. It was close and it was exciting to watch. But I, you know, I, you know, I kind of compare it in a sense to to any professional sport. It's hard to stay at the top mm. for an extended amount of time. Um, in, in football, they, you know, usually when you can build a team. Um, a strong team that has a chance you can keep that team together and you probably have a three to four year max window of winning the Super Bowl after that contracts uh, get tossed around and players leave and right so to keep a core group of guys that can get you to the Super Bowl or get you to the playoffs and give you a chance most teams have a three to four year window where that's a possibility right Um, outside of that I mean it's it's the professional league. Everybody's good and they're mm-hmm. going to find out a way to beat you. They're going to find out something that, that this particular team for this particular reason doesn't do something as well as they did it last year. And they're going to attack it. And of course you always have that target on your back. You, mm-hmm. When you play with the Patriots, every game you're getting your opponent's best effort, right? Because you're the Patriots and you know, and you, yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's the same. I, I would say if you're a, cause I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan too. And, the Lakers get everybody's best shot because they're the Lakers and the target's always on their back. What do you make of the Lakers? I mean, that was disappointing. I got injury, oh, injury hit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's, yeah, that was one of the more disappointing playoff performances I've seen. And I, I you know, with the whole bubble situation uh, last year, and then they didn't get enough rest and then guys are banged up. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo went down yesterday with a yeah. bad knee you know, it's, the Nets are going to the Nets. I mean, they were, they were, the yeah. three of them played what, like 10 games. I think there were 10 games the whole season. They all three of them were on court at the same time. Or fit exactly. Time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, these guys are human at the end, right. at the end of the day, their body breaks down just like everybody else's. They might be stronger or be able to, you know, rehab it better and take better, better care of themselves. But at the end of the day, you know, too much tread on the tire and the tires no good. Well, let's, I, you know what, let's jump to, 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 player health for a minute because it's a slightly different tangent uh, that I want to get into but but connected with that subject nevertheless the whole situation around COVID and, and vaccines and and how NFL players are having to to deal with well both of those things but um, deal with COVID being around and making decisions about what they want to do I want to start with Cole Beasley's comments and what you think about yeah. what Cole Beasley has said and uh, and the impact of that. And actually, whether it's players that you know still in the league, colleagues of yours, ex, ex-pros who you've talked to about, in a situation, and your own individual experience as well, in a situation like this right now, what do you make of, of a player like Cole Beasley coming out and being an anti-vaxxer and, and saying, it's my choice, I'm not buying it, um, I don't want, which is, you know, you're seeing people in wider society saying the same thing as well, right? Yeah, what do you make yeah. when, of it when you heard Beasley talk about it? 
Well, I, I get, I guess a couple of things because um, every player has the right to voice their opinion about whatever they feel strongly about uh, that. That's part of the platform that comes with being an NFL player and a successful one that Cole Beasley was mm. or is, I should say, um, you know, and so you have an opinion, you're allowed to voice that opinion. You're allowed to have reasons for why you want to do something, why you don't want to do something. And that's fine. And I, I'm happy that now we're in a situation where society is starting to pay attention to um, these pl- how players are using their platform. And mm-hmm. usually it's for good. And it's, you know, whether it's Black Lives Matter or, or you know, maybe it may or whether it's a wanting to or not wanting to take a vaccine. Um, You know, as NFL players, kids look up to you, fans look up to you. So they listen to what you have to say Mm. on the flip side. um, You're still an employee of the NFL, right? You know, so whether you're working at McDonald's or, or, you know, working at uh, Dick sporting good, if your boss requires you to do something, Unfortunately, you're an employee and, and that's what you that's what you have to do. Now, they're not forcing anybody to get the vaccine, but they are saying if you don't, then there's a different set of rules that you have right. to follow. And so if you're going to stand up and say, I don't want to do it, I'm strongly against the vaccine. Well, then you sh- you have to be able then to take the repercussions of not doing um, what the league is more or less asking players to do. Do you think what's your sense of how many other players and and Beasley made this point, didn't he? Like he's obviously a, a relatively high profile player. And he suggested there are a fair amount of other players that feel the same way, but they're worried about coming out and mm-hmm. saying something. Do you, is that, do you think that's accurate? Do you reckon there are a lot yeah. of players that don't are not buying into the vaccine, but are too scared to, to concerned about what would happen if they came out publicly and said it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you know, it would, it would take, you know, if it was like a, a first or second year player, Mm. Um, and they came out and said something, I don't think it would have had the ripple effect across, across sports platforms that Cole Beasley had, um, you know, just because he's earned that right. And, and he's earned that attention. Um, but I definitely think that it took a vet or it needed to be a vet, um, a seasoned vet like Cole Beasley, whose, whose voice would be heard mm. more or less. And, um, whether you agree with him or not is, is, uh, I don't think, I think that's a mute point. I don't think it really matters. Um, but I definitely think that there are guys that do feel a certain type of way about it and mm. they don't want to take it. And that's fine. That, that shouldn't be a problem, but if there are rules, then the rules state that you need to take the vaccine to go back to some type of normalcy. I think that that at the end of the day might push guys, um, to be more accepting of, of, you know, taking the vaccine. And, and I think as more information comes out and the season gets closer, I think guys might that were against it, they might start to come back around and, and, but right now it's such a touchy topic. It's, I mean, there's no right answer. I can't, I can't say he's right for not wanting to take it. I can't say that I'm right because I took it. We all have different reasons for taking the virus for, taking the vaccine and reasons for not taking it. And everybody's reason is valid in my opinion. It, you know, within the, the locker room, you know, let, it, imagine you were playing now and this would therefore be a, a, a topic of conversation in, in the locker room. Is that very much how whatever parallel you want to draw, I guess about, you know, other areas where you're right, whichever side of this you fall on, 
And, you know, I'm, I'm with you I'm very much pro vaccine, very much pro as many people getting the vaccine as, uh, as possible. But I do understand that there are some people that are going to have concerns about that. And, and, and uh, you know, I understand that position, even if I don't agree with it. Right. How important is that in a, in a locker room? And there are so many different things flying around of, uh, you know, I guess, similarly polarizing, even if there is a majority on one side. Does, would that happen a lot? Did you find as, as somebody, uh, I guess the Patriots locker room would be interesting to hear about as well, like how that culture plays out, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of back and forth. Is there, are there real factions and cliques uh, and I guess quite animated and strong disagreements as a result of that? Talk us through some yeah. of experiences. You know, maybe, uh, but I think the beauty of, of playing football um, my whole life is, you know, you're surrounded from the time you start playing, you're surrounded by guys from different cultures, from different backgrounds, from different places in the country. Mm. Um, you know, you get to college and most college teams have over 100 guys on the team. Uh, NFL teams, the locker rooms during camp has has around 100 and then it cuts down to 65, 75. Right. So you're constantly surrounded by people from different walks of life and what. What I always felt comfortable with and what I always uh, was proud of is that there was no judgment because you were so used to playing with different guys, with with different mindsets, different ideologies about certain things. And mm. I think that's the beauty of it is that you learn so much from people that come from a different background or come from a different part of the country. Family dynamic is completely different. Um, but at the end of the day, your your teammates and your family and with that being said, you're going to have your teammates back mm. uh, most of the time. Um, and you're just going to be able to, like, like you said earlier, wh- whether you agree with it or not, um, you respect the right of that person to have their opinion and to do what they would like to do, especially with when it comes to. That's yeah, really fascinating you ex- describing that, because I guess it is a real leveler because so many, as you say, so many different backgrounds, experiences cultures that all come together and you've all got to have each other's back because of, of what's at stake, it, you know? So I, I, I'd imagine it is really, really a real leveler in that, in that respect. One more on this, uh, again, a kind of slightly tangential point, but I'm, I'm interested to get your perspective on it because with, as you've identified with Beasley, whatever his position, you know, the NFL is a business, is an organization, is a, a league that insists you've got to play by the rules. If you want to be involved with this, then this is what, we're saying you need to adhere to, to, to be yeah. part of this. One of the big stories in, in the world of sports in the last four or five weeks has been Naomi Osaka, right? And the fact that yeah. she didn't want to give media interviews uh, at the French Open initially um, because of her um, the, the, the stress that it caused her and the fact that her mental fragility or certainly her mental yeah. framework at the time, she felt was not... Um, built to, to deal with that. She didn't want to deal with that. And it divided opinion because it's certainly initially as well, a lot of people, Shane, piled in and weighed in and said, well, if you can't do things like the media, then you shouldn't be playing in the tournament. What What do you think about that? You know, Whether it's a soccer and tennis or the kind of broader principle yeah. of having to do media interviews, is, is it fair to say to a, an athlete, if you want to be part of this, then you've got to do this side of it or is there room for exceptions to the rule if somebody does have a, a fragile mental state a mental state at that time you know i think first and foremost i think there should be an adjustment to the rules mm. in this case um 
you know, you understand that when you're a professional athlete, um, me, I'm clearly speaking about football because this is, you know, that this is kind of situation where I went back and forth. We have an obligation contractually um, to be available to the media um, X amount of times a week, mm. um, you know, and if you turn it down um, and the and a reporter or two complains to the league, then you get fined. Um, so they're, they, so it, it's an obligation that you have to talk at the same time. You know, there's, I've always felt that there's some reporters that when they're trying to write a story, they're trying to dig something up mm-hmm. that, is it necessarily good for the locker room morale? Mm. Um, and that's, so it's kind of like you're there now. There are people of the media that write good stories um, that don't try and tear a locker room up. But when I was with the giants, there was about two or three stories that really, really affected our locker room mm. um, as much as like, I never really paid attention to, to ESPN or to articles that came out, especially during a season, because I didn't want it to, to affect my locker room or what, who I thought or what I thought about my teammates and stuff. I just always felt like being there and being attentive um, and being at all the practices and meetings was all I needed to know. Mm. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I always felt that there are certain reporters that it's like, why are we allowing this person to back into our locker room when nobody wants to talk to them? Mm-hmm. They're only going to write negative stories about the team. And eventually it has the potential of breaking up a locker room. Right. Um, so yeah, there there is an obligation, but at the same time, I, that's a great play- point actually. Just to, just uh, and you know it's something I don't think was made. Um, the point wasn't necessarily made enough with with Osaka, right? This idea that yeah. every journalist's intentions are um, uh, 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 respectable or certainly uh, uh, certainly genuine is it, obviously nonsense. There are going to be yeah. uh, uh, whether it's something. It's either I guess a kind of leading questions that are underhand uh, or whatever the whatever the approach is the end game for that journalist is to get something salacious uh, uh, something with a bit of edge because that's the exactly. that's their mo right and and it's nice to think that there aren't journals out there that are, that are doing that and operate that way right so you're right you can't look at this as a, a nebulous uniform thing that everybody is trying to you know I would need to I'll find out what the players want because the fans deserve it yeah that's absolutely right and, and fair play but not everyone is operating that way yeah, and, and not everybody is comfortable talking to the media. Mm. Like just because you play in front of millions <laughs> of viewers right. and, and millions of people and and the spotlight's on you and you're a champion and you've had success, that doesn't mean that I'm comfortable talking in front of people. It doesn't mean I'm comfortable talking to a to a media outlet or to a journalist. Yeah. You know, when you play a sport, you're locked into that sport. The fans whether the fans are there or not, you're zoned in and yeah. that, and, you know, and you have that job to do. And there's so many guys that are just, they're just not comfortable, whether, whether maybe there, there is a mental thing going on, or maybe they just don't feel comfortable getting like, yeah, the right words sure. out. There's, you know, it's, it's a completely different skill that I don't think a lot of people. I think that's thinking. right. I mean, particularly because of, 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 of people like you and others that have transitioned so naturally into broadcasting, there's this assumption that, well, every, every player is like that. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I do, uh, I cover basketball as well. Uh, and, and the BBL, the British league over here and the season's just finished and we were doing live games every week. And a lot of the time we would get, uh, guests that were either current players, um, whose team weren't playing that night uh, or, uh, you know, ex-players that were, you know, coming on to do a guest spot. And 
pretty much all of them. So outside of the kind of regulars like you who, who are uh, uh, transitioned as into professional broadcasters, right? Everybody else, whether they were good, whether they enjoyed it, that none of it, uh, none of that mattered. What was, well, it mattered, but I mean, none of it, none of it was mattered in the sense that all of them to a man were really nervous. All of them said to me, I'm more nervous about doing this than, than playing yeah. like all of, you know, they, that's the, that's the typical thing. Now, most, most players that they make sense that they're going to feel that way. Right. It's just not automatic yeah. that they're going to be, yep. Bang. The light comes on and this is, easy. so what's the solution? Because I heard, I've heard some interesting theories. The idea being that for those players, athletes that don't want to do it, they can record something because, it, it, because mm-hmm. I think that the connection with the fans is important. And that's often the argument that's given that, that one of the reasons that, that particularly post-match press conferences and media opportunities, the fans can understand what's going on and get a sense of, uh, and the fans deserve that, right? And get a sense of perspective. But mm-hmm. the games changed from when press conferences were first constructed and, and the traditional media mechanic because of social media, right? Athletes can, yeah. can talk directly to the fans. So is that the answer, do you think, that players will not necessarily have to face a room full of press to give their opinions on what's happened, but at least release something for the fans benefit. Yeah. I I think that that's definitely a step in the right direction. Mm. Um, Absolutely. And because I think what it'll do also, it'll allow the, it'll allow said player to speak freely and control their own narrative. Right. You know, you're not getting set up with questions that are one-sided and then maybe you, now you, in order to try and explain yourself, you're taught, you have to talk down about another player or, you know, mm-hmm. when you're able to speak freely, which is why I love podcasts, which is why I love radio is that it gives you a chance to speak your mind and fully explain what you're talking about and right. control that narrative. Right. Um, and I think if they're able to give a play, give said player, if it's Osaka, whoever it may be, if they can record a five, 10 minute video, you know, instead of their media obligations, I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, yeah. you, you might even get more out of, you might even get more answers and, and more out of right, the player exactly. that way because they're more comfortable. They'll speak freely. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll be able to speak more eloquently and, and yeah. explain everything, you know, that they're trying to get across. Because how many, I've been in many of them where just a series of quite bland and dry questions are asked and the yeah. player's like, oh man, and that, that, nobody's uh-huh. getting anything out of this, right? Yeah. No one's enjoying yeah. it at home. The player's not enjoying it. Anyway. Uh, okay. That, that's really interesting. Well, on the kind of media opportunity t- uh, tip and, and I guess talking openly and freely, let's talk a bit about your old pal Tom Brady's appearance on uh, The Shop, the HBO show, because that's yeah. got a lot of traction and Brady was quite relaxed and he's getting, mm-hmm. is he getting more relaxed Shane? The older, the older he's getting, he, he should. Like, <laughs> I he's, mean, he's letting his head down a bit more than, than, than ever I mean, before. Yeah. If I won seven Super Bowls, I'd probably walk around <laughs> naked all day. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to tell me? I'm Tom Brady. I can do whatever I want. In the golf yeah. course, just in, <laughs> just in yeah. speedos and other else. He, um, but he does seem to be enjoying life. And, um, uh, and rightly so, but he was, he was very relaxed on, on this. Sh- and look, it, that's the nature of the show, right? It's, it's about quite forthright open yeah. chat. One of the things that's getting a lot of uh, attention is uh, he was discussing when he was looking to move away from Foxborough and the teams interested in him. Um, one of the teams uh, they weren't interested at the very end said Brady. So one of the teams he could have landed with, they weren't interested at the very end. Uh, I was thinking you're sticking with that 
insert expletive here, Brady couldn't <laughs> believe he's incredulous that they were yeah. sticking with the quarterback they had. So all this buzz about which team that might be, uh, Mitch Trubisky, and uh, of course at the time at the Bears was was yeah. is a suggestion. Was it Garoppolo as well? People are saying maybe it was the 49ers and Garoppolo. Come on. My whole my whole thing was there's <laughs> there's a team out there that's listening to this and no and they know that they're the team that he's talking about. What have I done? Uh, yeah. And what are they like? And now what do they like? What is everybody in the front office now going to think now that, you know, it's out? Um, you know, I, I would say probably, I would say maybe because he's from the Bay Area, San Francisco would be a good choice. Mm. Um, I also kind of think, I don't know why, and I could be way off, but for some reason, Minnesota sticks out in my mm. mind. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I just feel like that would be a good fit. And I, you know, I, it makes sense because he was. He has to be a contender, right? Brady yeah. would only have been looking at contenders. So Minnesota makes does make a lot of sense. It makes sense. San Francisco makes sense. Um, you know, and and I guess Chicago kind of fits in there too, mm. but. Because Miami um, at the time, would, I don't think some people say Miami. A, I don't think you could feel that way about Fitz. I just don't yeah. think. I don't think you could. And they're not they weren't contenders then. So I don't yeah. think he would have gone there. I don't think he would have been looking at them. I don't think he would. I, th- I don't think he would have stayed in the AFC East. Um, right, right, right. After yeah, leaving yeah. New England and then playing New England twice a year. I don't think, I don't yeah. think he would have done that. Right. Um, you know, I think he wanted to go to the NFC, go to a, uh, go, you know, go to a different organization, um, kind of removed from the AFC East action. Um, mm. You know, I think even the Rams, now that I think about it, the Rams, he might've been talking yeah, about the Rams, maybe, maybe. you know? Um, so, but I definitely think it was a team in the NFC and a team that, you know, was pretty removed from the Northeast. Were you, did you cross over with Garoppolo in New England? I did. Yeah. yeah he was, yeah. yeah. One year. Yeah. What are your yeah. what are your memories of him? And do you have? I mean, not a huge amount of time to, but you yeah. must have spent a fair fair bit of time with him. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I love Jimmy G, man. He's uh he, he's nice. Uh, he was a great teammate. Um, you know, I think he I think he's run into some struggles, but who doesn't? And mm. I still think he's a very capable, talented quarterback. Um, I was impressed with him um, in New England, and and he got his a couple opportunities in New England and did yeah. well, and then unfortunately got hurt. Yeah. Um, and I always thought that New England would would keep Garoppolo over Brady. Clearly, I was wrong. Right. Um, I think a lot of people thought that. Well, I, I think at some point the organization wanted to do that, right? I mean, that seemed to yeah. be the, the perceived wisdom is that there was a, a power struggle within because Belichick was was keen to maybe move on and and yeah. Kraft wasn't, right? So Right, right. That's the story. That, that's the story yeah. that, that everybody is going with. That, uh, is that plausible? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Anything is plausible. Mm. Um, but I kind of put Jimmy Garoppolo in the same category with Carson Wentz. We've mm. seen them play outstanding, um, outstanding football at a high level. And then we've also seen them fail to, to be able to win games, mm. um, fail to keep the, to not turn the ball over. Um, so I, I and, and with those type of guys, I always try and be optimistic and hope that they um, arrive back to that high level of ball play. Well, I know Ollie, our producers, uh, really glad to be hearing that because he's very big on the Colts this season. It's on our latest Edge Rush show, which has dropped. You can check it out uh, back in the vault there at the NC show is our social channel as well. So there'll be links to it on there. Uh, he was big on big on the Colts, Shade. He, he, they're, they're very much a team he feels are going to go big. And so that playing that out means that Carson Wentz could be comeback player of the year, right? Jimmy G could yeah. be comeback player of the year. I mean, yeah. he's slugging it out for that gig. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be an interesting season. And and I thought this draft was probably the one of the more talented drafts that we've had in the last 10 years. Mm. Um, so I'm excited to see some of these rookies. Um, I'm excited to see a new Carson Wentz because that that division right there, um, if they split with Tennessee um, and I looked at their schedule that there's uh, the Colts schedule is kind of it's going to be tough. But mm. if they can get through it, they're going to be a force in the playoffs. And um, I would say the same thing, whoever, whatever team comes out of the NFC West, you know, L.A., Seattle, um, San Francisco, Arizona is going to be a force to be reckoned with as well. Is that the toughest division in football, do you think? Hands down. Hands, Hands down. down. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, it's, I don't even think it's close, mm. uh, to be honest with you. I, I, I really don't. The talent. Mm. And, but the thing that stinks about and I said this on radio last week was if you look at the last like 10 to 12 Super Bowl winners, mm. the winners didn't come out of a tough division. Um, right. The t- at the time, they might, it might be a tough division now, but at the time when they won the Super Bowl, like Seattle, when Seattle won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 48, mm-hmm. the NFC West wasn't that as strong as it is now. And it right. wasn't the strongest division in football at that time. Now that, it, that they are, I feel like the strong divisions, yeah. the teams get beat up and they just don't have enough in the tank to really push through um, three or four playoff. Yeah, games it's, it's exactly the, the slugfest and therefore the most likely having to deal with a wildcard round as well. Yeah, it, it's a yeah. really good point. Hey, listen, just uh, we'll get back to that in a minute. But breaking news that Rafa Benitez, the former Liverpool manager, being announced as Everton's manager. Shane, oh really? How do, you, how do you feel about that? I guess on the Liverpool side of it, you're fine, right? You're like, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, you know, go, go for it. You know, when you're when you're a Liverpool fan, this is gonna this is gonna sound um, extra pompous. Uh, when you're a Liverpool fan, you don't really worry about anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know? Who cares? It's all about us. <laughs> oh, yeah. but, uh, one of my um, one of my five aside team is a is a diehard Everton fan, a season ticket holder. So I, I can just picture his face right now as we're recording this. Um, so you think the West is, West are the strongest? Uh, who else? Do you think in the NFC, I mean, the Bucs have, I mean, speaking of Brady, the Bucs have brought everybody back, which, you know, yeah. is is very, very uh, unorthodox and uh, and therefore puts them in an incredibly strong position. They, they've got to be there or thereabouts. What about the Saints? They're, they're quite intriguing, aren't they, with, with the whole Winston factor? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what they do um, because they still have Taysom Hill. So I, I still think they'll have a couple packages for Taysom Hill because mm. when he played last year, it was effective. Um, whether or not Taysom can start for 16, 17 weeks um, is another situation, you know, but I would like to see Jameis do well. That offense, um, it's so it's so able to manipulate and move pieces and and make it easy for everybody, but at the same time, make everything look so difficult and different for defenses. Uh, I think that they, they could actually really get something going. And to be honest, as long as he can, as long as they get Alvin Kamara rolling and doing what he does best, right. Um, the offense is going to be just fine. He's the, he's the biggest, he's the biggest weapon. He's the biggest key in my opinion to that offense. And more so than Michael Thomas. Yes. Yeah, Michael Thomas is. I mean, talk about a safety blanket. Just throw it up, and you know, nine times out of ten, he'll come down with it. You know, regardless of who's around, who's throwing it, right? And who's yeah. around it? But who, who would you go with? You were, if you were head coach, you were Sean Payton. Would you go? Uh, would you, I mean? Are you, are you assuming? That, are we assuming that Jameis is going to start and Taysom will come in? Uh, uh, you know, for cameos. Or you, do you think it's still a, a genuine battle going on there? 
I think it's a genuine battle. Um, but I think at the end of the day, for what they want that offense to look like, I think Jameis has the upper hand. Right. Um, but in no way, shape, or form is it Jameis's offense, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. They'll give him they'll give him all the opportunity in the world, and it's just gonna matter what he does with it. Who is gonna surprise us in the NFC this year? So we talked about the contenders, some of them. Yeah. Which team do you think could emerge? Maybe not necessarily with a deep playoff run, but a team that you think Okay, no one's really talking about him, but I think they could be in contention. I think Minnesota. Mm. I think um, I, I think I think we're going to see a much stronger defensive effort from Minnesota. Um, their offense was fine last year. Um, I mean, say what you want about Kirk Cousins; he's they've been consistent. Um, Dalvin Cook runs the ball well. They Justin Jefferson is unbelievable. So the, they had so many injuries on that defense last year, and mm. and Zimmerman's a great defensive coach. I, they're not going to be the 30th ranked defense that they were a year ago. Right. I, I expect that defense to be in the top 10. Um, and I think top 10 defense, if the offense just does exactly what they did last year, I think they're like top five to seven um, scoring wise. I mean, they're fine and they're in the playoffs. They might, they, you know, and, and they might even be able to sneak one past Green Bay. Yeah, you yeah, know. Well, particularly if if uh, if Rogers is is uh, either sitting out or or elsewhere, what's the most likely with that? I mean, I know it's uh, everybody's talked it to death, yeah. but uh, it's still going on. It's not going anywhere, right? So yeah, I, I don't. I think week one, Aaron Rodgers will be starting for the Packers. I, I love about this that everybody's got a strong theory about it. Like I will ask somebody yeah. uh, who will have unequivocally there is no chance he's playing him in the back yeah. of him. and that, but I, but that's the thing like we it's still really up in, I, i'm leaning towards that now i think i'm leaning towards where you're at that i think yeah it's more likely than not. i think he sits out because i think he's thinking well i don't have many years left in the tank i'm not going to throw one of them away i think he de- right definitely wants another ring right and, yeah um, yeah i think it's more likely that i mean what are the odds on <laughs> Another MVP season, the Packers winning it all after all. What an America's game! All this, I know. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't see. I mean, I I just don't see him leaving this year. When no matter where he goes, I feel like Green Bay gives gives him the best chance of of winning and getting back to a Super Bowl. I I think uh, this summer, maybe in the next month or so, Green Bay pays him up front, maybe a little bit more guaranteed money, put a smile on his face, Mm -hmm. uh, and make sure that he shows up to camp on time and. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe after this this last season, he can go ahead and move on. But um, I, I, I cannot I just can't see him in, a, in another uniform this year. I'm, I'm with you. I, and I really, I really, really wouldn't be surprised if they take it all and they take it all. Yeah. And, and I will love I would love that America's game so much when <laughs> when that goes down. Uh, let's get a couple of quick lines before we say goodbye on uh, on the Patriots, because I'm big on them. And again. Uh, telegraphing all right the edge rush show that all and i did uh last week i think that a lot of people are sleeping on them i don't know in free agency because they were prolific everybody was saying oh this is quite unorthodox the patriots and so i'm not saying people are talking about them but because the bills are so strong and gonna be strong again yeah so much buzz on miami even with the tour question uh there are other teams the chiefs of course have re-upped their offensive line and are therefore going to be thereabouts again i think other teams are getting more even Cleveland are getting a lot more buzz than, yeah. than the Patriots are. And they're all justifiable uh, arguments for why those teams are going to do well again this year. But I'm big on the Patriots too. I think mm-hmm. they're going to be a playoff team again. I think they could go uh, deep waters of the playoffs as well. What about you? You're on stomping ground. How, yeah. how high are you on New England this year? I'm pretty high. Um, you know, kind of like how I just said about Zimmer and his defense. Um, 
Bill Belichick only knows success, so he's going to know how to coach it. Um, he's going to know how to correct the things that they didn't do well last year. Not only that, that's a very smart team. Um, they have great leadership. And so I think they have the, the, the pieces. Um, I, I'm looking at 12 wins this year. So maybe like 12, 12 and five, Got 11 and six. Five. I'll do the math still. I'm, yeah. 12 and four, 12 and yeah, five. Yeah. <laughs> 11 yeah. and six. It sounds so like weird. 11 and six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, but like the three reason I think that people aren't really talking about him as much as, as, or as high on him is because the whole quarterback situation, is it going to be Cam? Is it going to be mm. Mac Jones? What do you think? I think it's Cam's job to lose. Mm. I, I think Cam starts. Um, and I think they hold off on Mac Jones until I think once they switch and Mac Jones is the starter, he will be the starter. And they're not going to, regardless of how well he does, they're not going to go back and forth between quarterbacks. Um, mm. So I, I think it's Cam's job to lose. I, I think it's, it, he will have every opportunity. It's just a matter of with these new weapons around him. Mm. Um, There's a lot of them, right? There's I mean, a lot of them too. And that's got to be, got to obviously look at that as a, it's not just last year, but this is why Brady left. Or one of the reasons why there just wasn't yeah. any enough around him. Right. So this has yeah. been, he inherited a tough situation. Yeah. How much of it do you think was that? How much was, was COVID as well? Cause Cam yeah. was hit with COVID and I don't think enough people talk about that. And how much do you think as he hit that stage of his career now, he just, he's not, he just can't do it anymore in the way he used to be able to. Yeah, I, I, you know, Father Time is undefeated, so of course he's not the young MVP <laughs> right. Cam, you know. Um, but I still think he's smart enough, and he's got enough in the tank. I mean, he can still run well. Mm. Um, you know, it's just the accuracy issues. Uh, but I, you know, I COVID was a problem, but also when when you're going into a complicated offense like Josh McDaniels' offense is with no off season. Mm-hmm. To, to really look at things, run things, see how it looks on the field, learning the terminology, um, and then you're thrown into the fire, that, that's, that's not an ideal situation for any quarterback. Right. It's yeah. a great point because, I mean, yeah, Regardless. I mean, we're talking about, you know, McDaniels, yeah, as you said, amongst the most sophisticated. I mean, you, you work with McDaniels, right? What's, what's yeah. he like, you know, as a coach to play under? Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, uh, one, one thing one thing that I think is tough is like they coach hard, right? So, but so you have to have thick skin. But at the end of the day, it's gonna it's gonna yield the best offense, and, and you're gonna be the best player that you could possibly be because of the tough coaching, because they don't accept anything less than, than perfection. Mm. Um, you know, if you strive for perfection, you might catch greatness. That's a little cliche that everybody always uses, but at the end of the day, that that's how it is. They coach hard and they, and they expect you to be, to play at a certain level. And I don't think that's going to stop. Um, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Is that, is that a situation that went, so if you're, you know, in training, in practice and you execute a play and you think you've done it pretty well and it's gone to plan, will they still say <laughs> This was wrong. This was wrong. Yeah. Whatever you do, that's it's not perfect. Not whatever you do, but just because you do something well, um, don't expect a medal at a yeah. <laughs> you, you can't you can't let what you do well mask what you're not doing well. Yes. Uh, okay. So you know, success doesn't mean that you you that you can't get better at something. Belichick give much praise. Yeah. Uh, when when it was deserved, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but, when, but I know that when whenever you did get a little bit of praise from him, like 
your heart felt so warm and you felt so like, oh my goodness, he likes me. (laughs) (laughs) It's smart that way though, isn't it? Just be so sparing with it that when you dole it out, it's, yeah. Yeah. Was McDonald's a bit kind of bit more positive, but was he, was he easier to get it to, to, to big you up and to say, congratulations. Was that deliberate? Do they have a mix of personalities within the coaching staff? I think so. I I definitely think that that has, you know, that that has, has a lot to do with it. I mean, a lot of times Bill is coaching, um, not, I mean, music, like the bad guy in a sense, Mm -hmm. but really he's just coaching hard. And then you spend more time with McDaniels or even your running or your position coach. Mm -hmm. Um, so they'll give you a lot more, um, a lot more positive feedback, a lot more optimistic feedback, but at the same time, still coaching you hard and making sure that you're doing things the correct way. It's just Belichick just, throwing a deadpan, you know, that was okay. <laughs> Make your season. <laughs> I can just totally yeah. imagine that. Yeah. Mate, it's great to catch up with you. An hour has yes. absolutely flown by. Uh, so we're out yeah. of time. It's a shame because we had so much on the running order that we haven't even got into. <laughs> but, well, let, let's, let's get into it next time. Let's definitely do that. We are locking yeah. and loading that uh, that up, including this is my particular favorite feature that we didn't get to. And I'm going to get in deep trouble with uh, with Ollie, the producer. Here. Um, we didn't get to your top five running backs. We didn't do that. So I'm in deep okay. trouble for that. We didn't get really? to uh, questions from the mailbag. Uh, we got <laughs> okay. games in Germany. We basically didn't do half the running order, but we also didn't do, uh, where is it? What have we called it? Shane's Bane or the Bane of Shane. Yes. Bane yes. of Shane. Was yes. In- a we'll, get, we'll get into that one too. Bane of shame. Well, it's, it has all the promise of a recurring feature. So next time you're back on, we'll do maybe yeah. we'll double down and double down. Absolutely. Let, let's let's definitely get back on before training camp starts next month. Done deal. You get back on the fairways. Good luck. Uh, good luck with Thank the golf. <laughs> oh, Don't drink God. too much on the course. Great to see you. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Good good to see you Take care. Appreciate man. it, man. Brilliant stuff from Shane. We'll be checking back in with him soon. You can count on that. We will double down on the bane of Shane when we do that as well. I'm looking for, uh, I'm sorry I missed that, Ollie. I'm, and everyone out there, I'm sorry we didn't do the bane of Shane, but time, we were st- too busy talking about uh, well, my stupid five-a-side stories and talking about football and the Euros and didn't get to it. But we'll do that next time, that's for sure. Uh, we've got some great guests coming your way. Uh, some old favorites, some new faces, uh, a brilliant lineup uh, for July. So keep your eyes peeled. Make sure you subscribe to us so you don't miss it. Big shout out to everybody who's left a review, incidentally, uh, on their podcatcher of choice. Some nice new ones going up on iTunes. If you have 30 seconds, drop one in. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, and of course, all of you getting in touch with us and interacting with us on social at the NC show on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Lots of extra stuff gets put out there. Uh, video from the show as well so you can uh, you can see shane in person if you're heading over there now i'm sure the guys would have already released some video uh, on our social channels look forward to catching up with you all next week look after yourselves gang follow baseball nuts join us on the johnny and josh show with my baseball brothers where jc will endeavor to offer some insightful analysis and my friend eric jansen will offer quirky baseball trivia but we also have david langell who will combine a high level of inappropriateness with a low level of analysis the johnny and josh show available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts sports social podcast network